Hi everybody, this is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I am fantastic. I learned so much about history from this episode that my brain leaked out my ears. I don't... you sure that's how that works? That is entirely how that works. I know it for sure. You're sure it's not just a product of this episode? No, no, I'm pretty sure that's what happens when you learn history, Robbie. I mean, have you never learned history before? No. We'll talk. I... I can't. We can't broach <laughs> the subject right now. Hi, guys. We are brought to you by supporters on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show. Pledge uh, $2 a month and you can gain access to all of our bonus content, including a bunch of bonus episodes, a bunch of episode reviews of new Simpsons episodes of King the Hill, of Rick and Morty. Now we're doing Bob's Burgers. So much audio content for you there. Uh, this month's bonus episode is going to be a review of season two of Disenchantment, which is debuting tomorrow as of the time of this recording. Um, we can move on to this week's episode. It is Tales from the Public Domain, episode D-A-B-F-O-8, originally aired March 17th, 2002. It was written by, this is a, this is a, a, a strange assortment of guys, Matt. We have, uh, Andrew Kreisberg. Uh, this is his first contribution to The Simpsons. This he goes on to create the Arrowverse on with Arrow oh, wow, and okay. Legends of Tomorrow and all those other shows. Um, uh, Josh Lieb or Lieb, one of the two, only writing he 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 writes for The Simpsons for like eleven or twelve years. This is his first, um, and he also works on like six hundred episodes of The Daily Show. And then we have Matt Warburton. This is his first episode who also works on The Simpsons for a long time. So lots of firsts on here. This is, And it's directed by Mike B. Anderson, who's a vet. Uh, the rating is 11.7, which is, you know, about 11 point something million viewing million viewers. Uh, the way Wikipedia described the ratings for this thing is really, really strange. So I just went for the number. Um, the chalkboard gag vampire is not a career choice isn't it though isn't it that's a really good i want to say this episode's not good but the chalkboard that's a solid chalkboard gag that's a solid vampire is not a career choice is really good mm -hmm. and i disagree Much than a lot of the recent ones and i disagree if you're well, especially if you're talking about like a, acting as a vampire because that's a big business now if you are a vampire it is absolutely now your career your that is your identity is rooted the fact that you're a vampire i'm sorry just the way it is. Uh, the couch gag is we see a hand use a flip book that sh shows the the normal couch intro. Uh -huh. And then the hand does a little ta-da at the end. They do some, some, some hand acting. <laughs> it's it's all right. I, I, I don't I don't think this is the first time we've seen a live action like a, a real life human in the couch gag, I feel like we've seen something else like this at a certain point, but I can't recall it. I'm sure of it, yeah. The episode begins with a night. This is a this is a uh, trilogy episode uh, after Simpsons Tall Tales and the Bible Simpsons Bible Stories, where we get three separate stories vaguely connected, not really. Um, important to each other uh the first and, and we first we get the frame the frame story to this which is homer has an overdue book from the library and it is classics for children he bought it when Bar bart was born intending for him to read it to bart and we start off with i the frame narrative doesn't matter i think it really doesn't i think at a certain point don't they just drop the frame narratives from these like I they believe with, so, yeah. Like they did with Trails of Horror at a certain point. They're just like, why are we still doing this? Why don't we just jump right in uh, to... But I don't... I don't... I can't remember because I'm way less familiar with these episodes than with the Trails of Horror episodes. Um, but we have the narrative. It doesn't matter, really. It's just cutting back. It, it's giving us some, some semblance of real thing to hold on to. But we get classics for children. So our first story is Homer's Odyssey, which seems like a layup because it is titled homer's odyssey yeah i <laughs> mean is, you'd think so but it, yes um uh so it's the story story of odysseus and his trying to get home uh we start 
with uh, a relatively familiar I think the people the part of the story most people are most familiar with and that is the Trojan horse. Hmm. Homer's Odyssey. Is this about that minivan I rented once? No, Dad, it's an epic tale from ancient Greece. That minivan had the biggest cup holders. And chain slots for every coin, from penny to quarter. Dad, I loved it too. But it was seven years ago. Fine. It was the end of the Trojan War. Clever Odysseus had come up with a plan to destroy the Trojans once and for all. Hail, Didlyusius. Stupid king of Troy. I think I speak for all the Greeks when I say this war has gone on for too long. I'll say I'd really like to go out and get the mail. Anyway, over torture, one of your soldiers mentioned that you collect giant wooden animals. We hope you don't have a horse. Well, I, I don't have one from you. Bring it in! I'm not going to labor belabor the very non-funny parts of this episode, which there are many. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I will I will point them out and just say the joke here. One of the jokes here is that there's a lot of mail outside of Troy. Yep, that's the joke because Troy hasn't been able to leave its walls. Ha 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 ha! <laughs> it's a lot of that. So we and a lot of this is just skipping our like. And I think that's the worst. Like the worst part about all of these is that th- th- all three stories are big stories. Like, Homer's Odyssey is an epic, and it's long. There's a lot of stuff that happens. I'm not going to try and, like, defend Homer's Odyssey to to, the, uh, to a modern reader, because a lot of it is difficult to parse mm. for a modern person, a modern a person who's used to reading normal books from the last hundred years. But it is very long. It has a lot of stuff that happens, and it does have, like, it has meaning, and I think all these stories have meaning to a certain point, but they are like complicated stories that have a lot of nuance in them, and they get so shortened by the fact they have to fit in like eight or seven or six minutes or whatever, that it's just a collection of scenes. It's not, none of them are stories really, except for maybe the Joan of Arc one manages to like piece together a full arc within its within the time, but Homer's Odyssey doesn't really it doesn't establish the important stuff about why what makes that story work it just kind of shortcuts just to a lot of stuff to try and make room for bad jokes um so Troy is destroyed because all the guys hide in the horse and kill everyone when they come out like you do like you do and it's funny to hear Bo say uh, spare no one yeah I mean there's not it's not like this episode is completely devoid of laughter there's a, a couple things in it that I really uh, that I really like it's a couple jokes here and there it's mostly Mo frankly I'm gonna be honest mostly Mo and maybe Ralph are the things I like in this episode almost everything else and yeah it's a, it's a little side character kind of thing it's yeah just... there, there's little bits of character here and there that are clever when you connect them to uh the the plots of the things they're making you know the the they're not and it's not really this isn't history and it's really the thing that okay we're going to talk about Joan of Arc when we get to Joan of Arc um Odysseus doesn't sacrifice things to the gods after he kills everyone in Troy so the gods are angry at him um and that is how they have it and it's vaguely similar to Homer's Odyssey um the sea captain is Neptune and he blows them off course. They and they, they they and this is the thing that really this is I think this is the weakest of all three stories. By really? F- wow. By far. Um, maybe it's just it, it, I think it's mostly just like I don't think Homer's Odyssey does not benefit from being like seven minutes long or whatever after you get past the frame narrative stuff. Um, because they get blown off course. And that's where this like it takes them 20 years to get back. You know, Odysseus is trying to get home and that's it over decades. And we see two scenes of him being waylaid and he goes to, two I mean, years. yeah, like you said, it's that whole, you know, shrinking down kind of thing. Yeah. So they go to, they go to the sirens first and they are, they, the sirens sing to them, which if you're not familiar, the myth of sirens is that they're like monsters that, fool men into you know crashing their ship and then they eat them but 
and there's interesting stuff about sirens and myth and it's i find it compelling this is the joke they sing uh a parody of copacabana and then the joke is the sirens are patty and selma and they're ugly Ha 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 ha! That's and that's it, and it's like a minute long. There's a minute long build up basically to that, and it's just like this is that's all we that's all we're doing, huh? Um, we do get Marge as Persephone. My, I'm is that right? Uh, is that the name? Of, Penelope. Uh, Penelope. Penelope. No, it might Maybe. be. It might be Penelope. It probably is Penelope. Persephone is a god, so it's probably Penelope. Um, yeah. We get a moment of Marge choosing suitors. Uh, that's this is all an excuse to make Disco Stew is a pedophile joke. Yep, that's like he instead of wanting Marge, he wants Bart. That's and that's just that's the joke. Um, we cut back to Homer. He is going to Cersei's island, where Cersei has she she turns the rest of his crew into pigs when Homer eats them. Welcome to my island. I am Cersei, the sorceress. Boy, who decided to give every weirdo an island? You must be thirsty. Drink from my cauldron. Well, I was in the mood for something bubbling. Out of the way, Slim. Thanks for your help with the anchor, guys. Guys? The pig looks like Lenny. Mmm, that's the next best thing to eat in Lenny. I'm still hungry. Didn't you eat enough of your friends? <gasps> Those were my friends! Yes, I've been saying that for hours. That's it. I'm going home. Which way to Ithaca? It's not so easy. You must go through Hades, crossing the River Styx. I did enjoy the River Six. Well, yeah, I mean that's the only good part. I don't really mind. I like sticks though, so I don't. But I did like the 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 the, the quick cut to sticks singing "Lady" and the River Six is good. Yeah, that's 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 I enjoy that. Um, but that's that's the joke. There is you know it's a sudden juxtaposition of you know the of of sticks with the River Sticks, which is fun. Um. Homer returns home after 20 years, and this bit of the story ends. Honey, I'm home! Look who the fate's dragged in. Oh, I'm sorry I was gone so long, but I'm going to do something I haven't done for 20 years. Take out the trash! (laughs) Sweet Penelope, you're just as beautiful as you were when I left. I can't stay mad at you. Brave Odysseus, it's been 20 long years regaling with tales of your adventures. Quit suffocating me. I'm going to Moe's. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very, again, like, kind of just boring kind of sitcom jokes. Um, yeah. And there's no arc in this. It's, you know, normally you would think, you know, you want Homer, Odysseus, to do something to get home. But all he does is sail through. There's no hardship for him to get home. It's just basically like he goes to a place about there's sirens. He goes to another place. He eats his friends and then he's home. He doesn't have to overcome anything. And I mean, no, it doesn't have to be complicated, but I you need that for it to be a story. And this is not a story. It's a vignette, you know, and I mostly I, you know, if you think about you know, at least like Trails of Hard, the best Trails of Hard, there's there's an arc even in like six or seven minutes. It's not just some scenes that aren't really connected. And that's really, there isn't any scenes. It's just like, here's some vignettes with Homer as Odysseus. Nothing particularly clever. Um, yep. We go to commercial, nine minutes and six seconds in. And when we come back, we get the next incredibly lackluster story. <laughs> and in this case, it is, oh, excuse me, Joan of Arc. Because apparently Lisa wants a story about a girl, so hey, we're gonna get Joan of Arc. I, uh, Lisa I, is obviously I, Joan. I'm gonna say this is I, I 
I will say this about this one, Matt. At least there is an, a story here to a certain point. Like, Lisa, like, Joan is a peasant. Joan gets chosen by God. Ch- Joan goes into war. Joseph, Joan gets captured. And then she gets saved from execution by Marge eating a page up from a book. Like, there's a, there's an arc there. So I'll say that about this. I will say they talk about, in the commentary, they talk about how hard it was to find something with a girl so that Lisa could be a star of something. And I'm like, why did you have, like, just make a, pick one that has a dude in it and make it Lisa instead. Why does it have to, you're, you're making all this up. It doesn't, you're not, this is not a history class. I don't, you don't need to be accurate Mm. about what Lisa, oh, it's a girl history. Like, and frankly, Homer's Odyssey and Hamlet are not historical. They are just old stories, old fiction. Joan of Arc is, was an actual historical figure. Why don't we just pick a another old story and just have Lisa be the... And it, and it made me think about it. There's a video game I've been playing, Matt, recently that where it is Hamlet, but it is told from Ophelia's perspective. Oh, interesting. It's very good. Um, and it just made me think, I'm like, well, why... Like, Lisa plays Ophelia in the third act, very briefly... Why don't we, you just, I think out of the box a little bit. I think that's what I'm just like, hey, you know, it doesn't have to be history, but whatever. I know you did not pull any clips for this, Matt, so I'm assuming that you is correct. did not think highly of it. No, I really, really did not. Weird how that happens. So, uh, Lisa is Joan. Uh, obviously, the entire family is peasants. Uh, so, Lisa goes out to the barn one day, and God, in the form of a beam of light, picks her to lead the French to victory. Uh, Lisa slash Joan is, of course, skeptical of this, but she says, okay, I'll do it. So she goes uh, out to the battlefield where the French are fighting the English as part of the Hundred Years' War, and they're using people in catapults instead of rocks. And so Lisa makes the obvious suggestion, hey, let's use bigger, harder people or possibly even rocks in the catapults. Um, And this is exactly what the French need to win. Uh, We get some jokes about Wiggum being terrible uh, because he's a French soldier and only doing things because his supervisor is looking. Uh, But Lisa kills a lot of people or Joan uh, jumps up on the wall and ends up killing a whole lot of people uh, because, you know, that's that's what Lisa would do is just kill a whole bunch of people. Uh, We then get the, you know, possibly, uh, you know, What's the word when something's uh, apocryphal? The apocryphal story of Joan uh, meeting the Dauphin, uh, you know, the crown prince of France and, you know, picking him out of the crowd rather than the person who is set before her. And of course, the Dauphin is Milhouse because who else would, you know, make Lisa mad? uh, Apparently, I did get I did enjoy actually Quimby as the you know footstool, basically as uh, Milhouse's little uh, servant kind of thing. That was pretty funny. Uh, so, yes, uh, Lisa basically goes through and sums up how the Hundred Years War has gone. Uh, she then gets captured uh, and she gets put on trial by the English. She calls God as her witness. And it turns out groundskeeper Willie, the one who captured her, also calls God as a witness. And I guess the joke is that God told both the English and the French that they were going to win, uh, that they should. Uh... I, I, I will defend some of this stuff. Matt. One, uh, I mean, uh, well, I'm not defend i'll use the word defend lightly i think there are moments of this which i enjoyed there are a couple jokes i the lisa decide like lisa i believe at one point declares uh if we lose the war our rule of law like she takes a joke about rule of law and how authoritarianism will lose out to the english's like basically uh you know vague form of democracy so i thought that was good because that actually is a joke that requires a little bit of deeper intelligence and a knowledge to understand um the god as a witness thing is not so bad i you know i think that they have mon they have mole man like come in very slowly during the trial scene and like you think that their mole man is god and then he opens up like a little hatch for god's light to shine down on this seat yeah um and like i think the idea that God talked to both of them and said they were going to lead the, their armies to victory is it has like promise if it was done smarter, a little bit more clever. It's kind of very simple in this. I don't know. I'm trying, Matt. I'm trying to find bright spots. I, I am well aware and I appreciate you trying, but uh, good luck with that. 
so now why don't you like this middle segment i don't know it just it's super simplistic i feel like lisa is not the best character as joan and it's just so like the whole hundred years war thing is really awful and crappy for everyone involved and joan of arc gets totally screwed by everyone basically and i feel like it's not the greatest story to try and work into this i feel like there are so many others they could have done. i feel like the connie appleseed story uh in the previous anthology of you know folk tales or whatever was much better than this it worked a lot better than this particular one i wouldn't call it better i would call it more optimistic i right. mean i i think i i don't mind i don't mind the negative like yeah joan of arc story is depressing in general um I I don't again it's not that doesn't bother me and frankly I'm glad that they just actually tell a story in this I and I also like the ending when we get to it so there's that which I don't like the That's endings true. of any of the others so <gasps> fair enough fair enough so uh at this point uh they declare her guilty uh she is burned at the stake Lisa obviously has faith uh despite the uh, executioner having a kiss the cook shirt. I, I, that's, that is a, that is, a, that is a question. That is my question for you, man. And it's a thing that I think is emblematic of this episode. He's an executioner. He's wearing the typical like executioner's like black hood, mm-hmm. and he's setting up Lisa to be burned alive at the stake. Joan, whatever. And they're not gonna eat her. They're just burning her alive. They're not. Are, is well, it like is the joke is they're cooking the her? rest of them aren't but apparently he I, I it's that's it's just it's a weird thing i'm like that's not that doesn't make any sense like the joke just is like well we need to have the we want to have a funny side gag for the executioner so he is he's wearing an apron that says kiss the cook because he's cooking lisa except he's not he's just burning her alive they're different one the cooking has intent like i'm gonna eat this whatever i'm making not just I'm setting it on fire. When right. I when I you know if I'm having a bonfire, I'm not cooking the wood. That's true. I oh, mean, you I, kind of are, but I mean, I, basically the, what you're saying is cooking has a very s- uh, important thing. Semantic arguments, Matt. Come on, I mean, I need to be my nitpicky self. But but luckily, Matt, there's a there's there is a bright spot. Alrighty, isn't that Joan is totally fine. She actually survives. Indeed, she does, because Marge pops in at the last second and says that Sir Lancelot comes to save her. And he eats the page and says it tastes better than the it was easier to eat than the Bambi tape. Indeed. I like that. That is the it is in character for Marge. It very much is. Yes. To try and protect her children from the bad of the world, even if it's not really a smart thing to do in the long run. Right. So that's, you know, anything that is it's a character based uh you know bit and it's funny you know where she's like no this terribly depressing story is actually ends that has a happy ending joan certainly does not get killed and i you could also argue that lisa would probably know the story of joan of arc you know i'm not gonna try and bother with that argument Uh because it's probably true yeah lisa probably would know the story of joan of arc front and back she would not need to be told lisa's we've seen lisa herself like openly talk about you know female representations and historical figures before i would think she would know about joan of arc whatever um i like the ending of this it's not it's the best part i would say the and the ending meaning a joke from marge that is what i mean by the ending it's something at least but after that we go to commercial 15 minutes and 53 seconds in so that leaves us with roughly like i don't know five minutes you know, 21 minutes and change. So it's like mm-hmm. five and some minutes, five and some seconds to tell Hamlet. I'm I'm an English major, Matt. You know this. Mm-hmm. I know this. I've read Hamlet. I've seen Hamlet multiple times. I think Hamlet, the play is very, very, very good. Well, yeah. And I think this has a couple jokes in it because that I like. Because it is simply referencing a thing that I like. But I will say that this entire third act completely misunderstands what Hamlet is. <laughs> the third act doesn't even try and understand what Hamlet is. It's just jokes. 
I mean, it's not I, you know, jokes. I are sometimes like there's a couple jokes I would say. Then there's a lot of things that happen that are random, and we're supposed to think they're funny because of that. Um, so the last bit is Hamlet. Um, I don't know who knows. I don't know how many of you guys out there know the story of Hamlet off the top of your head. Um, if you shouldn't, you should go see it. It's a really good play. Uh, it's I I like Shakespeare in general. I like most of Shakespeare in general. I think Hamlet is. Not my favorite tragedy of his, but it's a very good tragedy. Uh, of I would I usually try and judge the comedies and the tragedies separately. Um, but the, the the core story of Hamlet is Hamlet is a prince in 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 Denmark, and his father has been killed, or he thinks his father has been killed because the ghost tells him, and he has to figure out what to do about the situation. Um. Homer plays the king, Bart is Hamlet, Moe is Claudius, which is Homer's brother, Bart's uncle. Um, Marge plays the queen, Lisa is Ophelia, which doesn't make any sense because that's Hamlet's love interest. Lisa wouldn't, that Lisa is Bart's sister. Why is Lisa playing Ophelia? Why don't they have one of the twins playing Ophelia? Because they just don't care. Wiggum plays Polonius, Ralph is Laertes, which is kind of my favorite part of this. Um, It's kind of hard to frame it really well but homer visits it starts off with like homer again this is much like the odyssey part it's just like a, it's like three scenes or four scenes and it's missing most of the connective tissue so it doesn't really make any sense so it's not like if you don't know if you don't know intrinsically what is hamlet none of this makes sense at all it's just a bunch of scenes and characters doing things um homer is a ghost dad and he visits bart once upon a time, there was a young prince of Denmark. Hamlet, avenge me! Dad? Yes, I have returned from the dead. Looks like you've returned from the buffet. Why, you little... Don't! <laughs> My son, I have some shocking news. I was murdered. Murdered, I tells you! Really? Behold, as I slept, your Uncle Claudius poured poison in my ear. Poison most foul! So he could marry your mother and become the king! Yeah, that was quite a weekend. Now you must avenge me! Avenge me! How? I don't know. Surprise me! Surprise me! Could that fat ghost be telling the truth? First, I've got to get Uncle Claudius to confess. Then I've got to kill him. It's cold outside. You'll need a sweater. A sweater. A sweater. Indeed. Indeed. Um, I, I, this is fine. It's, it could it, be better. Yeah, it's fine. It's 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 just uh, it sets up the the status quo of this little of the third act. Basically, you know, we have to catch. We have to figure out. If this ghost is telling the truth, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and to do that, if you are aware of the play, is that they they put on a Hamlet convinces or he convinces he hires a troupe of actors to cr- do a a play, a, a mini play, a little tiny scene, basically, of the exact circumstances of his father's death to try and. To, and for him, for Hamlet to watch Claudius and see if Claudius has any tells, you know, if he acts strange when he sees his own crime committed again in front of him. Um, we have Krusty being in, and his his cohorts as the uh, the the actors, and this is the I think the one bit of this that I actually enjoy. Now we would like to warn you. Our performances tend to make audience members blurt out hidden secrets. Oh, boy. Aha! Methinks the play's the thing, wherein I'll catch the conscience of the king. Catch my conscience? What? You're not supposed to hear me. That's a soliloquy. Okay, well, I'll do a soliloquy, too. Note to self, kill that kid. Okay, we're gonna open it up with a little improv. Somebody shout out a location. This castle! Okay. How about an occupation? Usurper of the throne! I think I heard usurper of the throne. Now, finally, I need an object. Ear poison! Hey, yeah. Do you have diarrhea? I I have diarrhea. Sit down. 
Wait a minute. I didn't use that much poison. I mean, I didn't use that much poison son, at the Royal Luau. <laughs> wow, that's a good save right there, isn't it? <laughs> I like some of the jokes in there. Uh, mostly the most stuff where he's, you know, hamming up as Claudius. I think that's yeah. some of that's fun. Um, uh, it's, you know, it's fine. That's kind of where we're at. And so we, we get this scene. And so we know... It's hard to even to talk about this as a plot because there's not really a, there's barely a, an actual plot in this. Um, I mean, it's Hamlet. There's no, that that's the basic plot of it. I know, but the the joy of Shakespeare is the language. It's not the plot. True. When you just have a plot of Shakespeare, it's nothing. You know, that's it's part of the problem here. It's just like, well, you have to make fun of the language, which they do a little bit here, not a, really a lot. Um, I I like the week of the nod of like you can't hear me. This is a little soliloquy. I like that bit. Um, but Hamlet ends up accidentally killing Polonius, which then Ralph as Laertes says he's going to uh get revenge because Ralph is Polonius. It doesn't matter. Ophelia kills herself for no reason. We don't really understand why. Um, she no one out crazies Ophelia, which is. That's probably one of the things I like at least about this because that just that boils down Ophelia to just the wrongest thing ever, and it oh it just makes me grit my teeth. I, I mean that's the thing that really like the there's some references here that I appreciate, but then there's a lot of things that they either they think they understand the character and they do it poorly, or they just don't care. Um, yeah. And they understand and many of the jokes about characters like they don't really go. There's no depth to the parody here. You know, there's no. There's nothing to this. And then we get a, a moment of Rosencarl and Gildenliney, which I would really like. Just Ro Ro Rosencrantz and Gildenstern are dead with Lenny and Carl. Oh my god, that'd be amazing. But in, we get they die immediately from poison. Everyone dies. Ralph stabs himself when he's about to fight Hamlet. Bart kills Moe, kills Claudius. Then Marge, then he dies when he slips on blood. And Marge offs herself with a mace. I'm going to play the entire ending here, man. This is a little bit of a longer clip. And I describe what happened because a lot of it's physical. And you don't really necessarily see it. But I just wanted to include how they actually end the episode, which I know is your favorite bit. I'm going to kill Hamlet. Here's my mad face. Aha, <laughs> <laughs> cute kid. But just in case you don't kill Hamlet... I put some poison on the food, on the drapes, even on uh, Rosen, Carl, and Gildenlenny here. If Hamlet touches either of us, he's dead. Booyah! <laughs> now, Hamlet, you know the rules. Laertes here gets uh, one practice stab. Oh, boy! Boy, did I bet on a wrong horse. Now there's nothing to stop me from getting my vengeance. You sure you don't want a nice piece of fish or uh, to finger the drapes a little? This ends here. <gasps> oh. <sighs> Remember me as a peacemaker. Ah. And now to celebrate life. Whoa, bloody floor. Ugh. No way I'm cleaning up this mess. <laughs> And that's the greatest thing ever written. Are you crazy? I can't believe a play where every character was murdered could be so boring. Son, it's not only a great play, but also became a great movie called Ghostbusters. I know you really like the Ghostbusters bit, Matt. Oh, I, I, I did so much. It really makes me want to hurt somebody. But that's that's normal. <laughs> that's how the episode ends, Matt. It is. It is. I, hmm. This, I, I did not enjoy my time with this episode, Matt. I'm shocked, Robbie. Shocked. Absolutely shocked. I don't know why they had 10 seconds of the Simpsons dancing to the Ghostbusters theme at the end. 
It's funny, Robbie, obviously. It's something. I would say that you could just cut the episode 10 seconds shorter, and that'd be great. Yep. You don't need that bit at the end uh, to just show how little you... It's it's the it's the please laugh sign all over again. It's this episode uh, has this episode has please laugh written all over it. It's like and it doesn't. And frankly, again, it's much like last week. I think I wouldn't care about a lot of the very loose plotting in this in these little tiny segments. I would go, oh, I don't care. Like there's plenty of Transfara segments that have no plot or very, the vaguest plot. But because they're really funny, I don't care. But the jokes in this are not the like the jokes are I I wouldn't even call them one dimensional. I would call them zero dimensional. There's no there's no extra to them. There is nothing else hidden. Most of them are aren't. Look, the sirens are Patty and Selma and they're ugly. What What's that? That's not a joke that, that I don't know why that's a joke. Well, I think it's supposed to be a reference to things that, oh, the smart people will get that why these are funny, and it just doesn't work. I, a reference in and of itself is not a joke. I That's why, that's what makes the good, the best Simpsons so good, is because they reference things, but they go extra levels. They don't just go, here's a reference to a Jurassic Park. They act, they go an extra, they go extra distance. They don't, this isn't, they don't go, hey, this is a reference to the birds. They go, hey, this is a smart way to talk about the birds. Hey, this isn't a reference to Rear Window. This is a reference to Cape Fear. It's, hey, it's a reference, and here's extra fun, fun dimensions that make it funnier. So you can't just have, hey, let's do Joan of Arc and make jokes that weren't, that Monty Python made. Like, Monty Python and the Holy Grail is, just look at that. Why didn't they watch that and go, <laughs> look, look, at, look at this. They had a medieval yep. comedy. Look how they subverted our expectations. Look how they made fun of the weird, you know, tropes that we expect. But they kind of just settle for, oh, Lisa tells them to, like, why are the French using people in catapults? That's a fantastic like, question. I what wish is I could the tell funny you. bit about that? Or the French are bad at warfare? That's a very lazy joke. I don't know. It's not a good episode, man. It is not. It's definitely skippable. Yeah. Uh, we will rank it at the end of the show. Hmm. <laughs> Indeed, we shall. Oh, sorry. Uh, yes. So, Robbie, is this episode broken? Uh, I'm gonna say no. It's just not funny. Mostly. That makes sense. There's really nothing you can do about this. Uh, yeah. Like, I don't think it's. I I think broken mostly applies to like plot and structure but it's a three with these uh you know the um anthology episodes you know like a trio it's like you're not i don't expect like really complicated things out of them i just want them to be like funny and like have fun references and stuff and make, make and you know make use of them really well this is just kind of like it's just there but i want to call it broken yep. i don't know i don't know how else to is this episode funny that's a different question not really no, no. <laughs> Uh, God, come on, guys! You can do better than this. Maybe next week it'll be different. Uh, we can move on to our our, our next segment, Matt. It's time for comments. Where's our, where's the noise? It's time for comments of the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt dot nerd dot obsessive. Comments of the news group is where I look through the old uh well not even I guess it old it, the thread is old of uh, the new no homer no homers dot net forums. See what people thought about the episode when they debuted. Um, probably, I don't know if this is going to surprise you or not, Matt. Most overwhelmingly people enjoyed this. I just, I, I really don't understand what people, uh, sure, sure. I That's think people what... have generally very low expectations for the anthology episodes. And B, I think just referencing something without any kind of cleverness added to it is enough for a lot of people. You're probably right, but that really makes me sad. Those people aren't us. Uh, well, yeah. I think that's been very clear, if not by most for most people by now. Um, so we have 16% with an A, almost 49% in change with a B. Nearly 50%. Over 50% gave this an A or a B, Matt. I just... Why? 
That's the best they, I can ask. They, is they, why? they liked it. 19% give it a C, and then we have a, a 10% with a D, and only 6% with an F. Sure. Sure. Just, just, yeah. So yeah. under, really under, under, uh, 16% total, uh, thought it was a bad, basically, which, you know, C or D and F, I would say, is a bad episode. Um, here we go. I got, I pulled two reviews, or, or, yeah. Um, I, well, I thought that that was the funniest episode I've ever seen, ever. And I'm not kidding. What? The first two acts. can't possibly be true. The first two acts were good, especially since I know the two stories. But the Hamlet act was one of the funniest things I've seen on The Simpsons. This episode gets a five out of five from me. At least someone is giving it a good review. Which doesn't make any sense. There's multiple people who reference, like, the fact that people don't like this. And yet, the, the poll is overwhelmingly positive. So maybe just the people who were voting that it was good were not leaving written reviews. But I still found mostly maybe. generally positive reviews. It was not like a... It was not very... There was maybe one or two negatives. I didn't find any. I think maybe one. I don't think I found any Fs at all. Um, it was silly but enjoyable. Homer's Odyssey provided a lot of quick lines and very well written. Joan of Arc was also funny. I enjoyed Krusty's line, no, so no show at 10.30. Hamlet was a bit silly. Hope Mo is quick with the tongue, though. I give it an A overall. Greatest relative to the episodes of the season. If I have a graded based on all seasons, I give it a C plus. And it wasn't as good as Bible stories. It was way better than the Hobo Tales. Wow. Uh, way better. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure Hobo Tales was the best of these three, but that's not saying much. I will decide that at the end of the show, Matt, when we rank it. Uh, we will, we'll make that decision. I am I'm inclined to, to agree with you, though. Uh, yeah. I, I, yeah, that was, I don't know, Matt. I don't know anymore. I don't know why people like what they like or what they, mm -hmm. I mean, this was at the time. And except for like a couple, there was a couple people who added on over the years and say this episode, they actually enjoyed it. But I don't know. I feel like I'm crazy sometimes when I'm, but at least you also agree with me that this episode isn't good. So at least we have that. Well, I, I think our tastes have started to merge over the years. <laughs> ah, I think we just under we both like the simpsons you mean i think yeah. uh yeah um next week no next week that's it for this week we can move on to our next segment it's time for listener question of the week let's try one more number <gasps> yellow kbbl is gonna give me something stupid well hot dog we have a wiener yellow our listener question of the week this week is what is your favorite grandpa joke favorite abe simpson joke uh a lot of good answers, a lot of responses. Appreciate everyone who took the time. First from Jean-Pierre. One of my favorites is from the King of the Hill episode when Abe tells a story about what happened on that hill with his partner. Part I always quote is after Abe's story ends with him falling off the mountain, he just brushes it off by saying, of course, folks were tougher in those days. I was jitterbugging that very night. Uh, from Chris, the entire Strike Breaker monologue from Last Exit at Springfield. I'm sure I don't need to quote it here since everyone is already reciting it in their heads. Someone... We'll we'll get to the full quote later on. A close second place, so long story short, is a phrase whose origins are complicated and rambling. Uh, from Brandon. Now my story begins in 19 dickety two. We had to say dickety because that Kaiser had stolen our word 20. I chased that rascal to get it back, but gave up after dickety six miles. Uh, from Joe. Mine is a callback joke that's pretty subtle but brilliant. When discussing who shot Mr. Burns, Grandpa says, Smingers did it. I'm going to the outhouse. But we don't have an outhouse. My tool shed. <laughs> uh, later in the episode, when Mo comes by, I recruit Homer to tear down the sunblocker. Homer is hosing out the shed and outhouse, or shed and slash outhouse. Um, mm -hmm. From Tom, I've worked. Think of me when you're having the best sex of your life. Into many conversations. LOL. Uh, Zach, the whole scene of Grandpa before his date with Jackie Bouvier is great, but in particular the line, "I'm going to smooch her like a mule eating an apple." <laughs> that is fantastic all right so bear bear with me matt here we go it's about i had we i mean it's gonna might as well from aj we can't bust heads like we used to but we have our ways one trick is to tell them stories that don't go anywhere like the time i caught the ferry over to shelbyville i needed a new heel for my shoe so i decided to go to morganville which is what they called shelbyville in those days so i tied an onion to my belt which was the style of the time now, to take ferry cost a nickel. In those days, Nichols had pictures of bumblebees on them. Give me five bees for a quarter, you'd say. 
Now, where were we? Oh, yeah. The important thing was I had an onion on my belt, which was the style at the time. They didn't have white onions because of the war. The only thing you get was those big yellow ones. That was pretty impressive, Rob. You got to actually do that much quicker than I'm pretty sure Abe did. <laughs> I, I tried it. I'm like a 1.25 speed, probably. Uh, from Jason, Grandpa on Social Security. I didn't earn it. I don't need it. But if they miss one payment, I'll raise hell. I'm pretty sure Grandpa does need Social Security now that I think about that. Probably. From Danny, I'll be in the cold, dead ground before I recognize Missouri. Uh, from from Chris, since you broke Grandpa's teeth, he gets to break yours. Ooh, this is gonna be sweet. <laughs> Grandpa's, like, Grandpa's so excited to hurt Bart, it's really terrifying. He's big on the whole eye for an eye thing. That's true. Uh, from JD, Dear Mr. President, there are too many states nowadays. Please eliminate three... P.S. I am not a crackpot. From Ryan at EID9. Important thing was I had an onion on my belt, which was the style at the time. Etc. I just, etc. Et from Nate at Nate from Lincoln. I used to be with it, but then they changed what it was. Now what I'm with isn't it. What it seems weird and scary to me. It'll happen to you. It will. It Indeed. Has, it's already started. Already has. Already started, yeah. Lauren at Elkham88. I'm in love. No, wait, it's a stroke. No, wait, it is love. They're similar. From Zach at Zach Kowalski. Now, I'd like to digress from my prepared remarks to discuss how I invented the turlet. Oh, the turlet. Uh, from Robert at at Hoff. I'm, this is a good, it's a, a visual gag, but I, I do like it. It is, it is Lisa sitting at a kitchen table with just the top of Grandpa's head walking by. I'm as tall as I ever was. Very good. Uh, finally, employee a million. At oh, Benjamin, are you trying to stall us, or are just or are you just senile? A little from column A, a little from column B. Very good. Love me a good grandpa quote. Matt, what's your answer? Uh, my answer is actually from also uh, I believe it's Lady Bouvier's lover uh, when grandpa is doing i believe it's the jimmy duranty i think is what they call it a reference where he says good night miss bouvier wherever you are and he walks sadly away and then he's stopped by the blue-haired lawyer and says this is an unauthorized uh imitation uh and he says grandpa says well what if i just walked out or what if i just laid down and die would that be acceptable and the blue-haired lawyer checks his paperwork and goes yes that would be fine <laughs> go old grandpa always trying to help um i think mine is the it 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 comes down to which is funnier to me in that is like a, a a very a bit of clever you know uh dialogue which is the i used to be with it i really like that a lot and i quote that a lot but i think ultimately my favorite actual grandpa joke is in uh, the the hellfish episode where him and burns are at the tomb and they you know they take out the the parchment and they scroll it over and then burn you know grandpa loses his pants and burns is like can't you just go five minutes without embarrassing yourself yeah. <laughs> and then his pants fall down again he's like how long was that and it's so simple and so dumb but yet so funny and it's one i think about a lot next week's question what is your favorite reference in the simpsons from a book or literature so a little bit of a thinker mm. i'm gonna have to think about it well, there's a lot of them. And there's, a, and there's an entire treehouse of horror based around some Edgar Allan Poe. That'd be hard to beat. There is a lot of there's a lot of uh, Edgar Allan Poe. There's a lot of literature in general in The Simpsons. That's why I loved it so much. The first for eight all. seasons. <laughs> no, there's there is stuff after two, Matt. It's just you know we we're still yeah, in the Da kind Vinci of, Code references. Da Vinci Code is a book, Matt. Regardless of if you like it or not, it is a book. I know, I know. And there's plenty of pop culture references early in the show. All right, you can't discount it just because you have personal experience with it with bad literature versus the you don't have personal experience with all the bad stuff they reference earlier in the show. Yeah, we can move on to wait. No, wait. I should say this first. I'll uh, post this question on all our social media, facebook.com slash The Simpsons Show Pod, Twitter at Simpsons Show Pod, and you can email us at Simpsons Show Pod at gmail.com. Now I can move on to our next segment, Matt. It is time for the No Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. SMRT. I mean, SMART. The No Google Trivia Challenges are Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions one easy, one medium, and one hard, and try and stump the other. Matt has a lead on me, two points so far this season. I'm not really happy about that, but we'll work around it. 
whatever that means. Mm-hmm. Uh, give me an easy question, man. All right. All of your questions are today from Bart the Fink. Your easy question: What is Krusty's alias after he fakes his death? Not not prior. Not prior. No, I mean he has lots of uh, aliases prior, but a- after he fakes, Rory, he sticks to one. Rory B. Bellows. You are correct, sir. Your easy question, Matt. These are all from Treehouse of Horror One. Oh wow, a Treehouse of Horror, huh? Mm-hmm. Treehouse of Horror One introduces uh, introduces us to what two characters? What two characters? Um, uh, Kang and Kodos. That'd be correct. Okay. I was a little worried like, there. It can't be that easy, can it? <laughs> it's an easy question, Matt. I'm not trying to hurt all you. Right, all right, all right, all right. Maybe with the medium, medium question, question. Medium question might be trying to hurt you, but yeah. uh huh. What was on Bart's checks that he gets in Bart the Fink? When he was on them, like he gets an image series on them. What is it of? Oh, oh, um, the Hindenburg. You are correct. Dang, I should have asked for what the name of that was. Hmm. Uh, what does Bart say when, uh, sh- she finds the, and that's, no, that's not Bart. That's Fry from Futurama. <laughs> uh-huh. That's the different show altogether. Time makes holes of uh-huh. us all. He has a hat full of cottage cheese. Yogurt. That used to be yogurt. milk. Yogurt used to be milk. Okay. Uh, your meme question. What books does the Raven drop on Homer? What books does he drop? Um. Me, I thought this should have been your hard question. Yeah, definitely. You're going to know the hard question now. That's how it's going to work. This is my... It's gonna be the <laughs> we'll see. Um, all right. What, is, what books does he drop? Uh, let's three, see. The Cask of Amontillado. There's three of them. Yeah, the Cask of Amontillado, the Telltale Heart, and... Um, some other Poe. I don't know. You don't know any other Poe? Yes, you do. I'm sure I do, but I can't think of them off the top of my head. There are three books. You got one of them right. The Pit and the Pendulum, oh. the Telltale Heart, mm-hmm. and the Purloined Letter. Oh, duh. All right. There's also enough. All right, House, your hard question. House, House of the Red Death. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. It's been a long time since I was forced to read Poe. Po, uh, anyway. Poe's great. You don't like Poe? <laughs> Poe is great. No, I, I actually really enjoy Poe, but uh, it's been a long time since I've done any pleasure reading. He invented detective stories, Matt. It's true. Anyway, mm-hmm. who are all the people Bart writes a check to? God. Jimbo, Millhouse, Lisa, Cresty. Are there more? There are not more, but one of those is wrong. But I feel like I should give it to you anyway. Okay. You, it's up to you, uh, he does not write a check to Lisa. Oh, he doesn't write a check to Lisa? Okay. No. But he does write but a check. But the are correct. Okay. I'm impressed. I'm a, I'm a very smart boy, Matt. Uh-huh. Your hard question. What does the Rigel- Rigelians, I think, what does the what do the Rigelians serve the family at dinner? So I need the mem- each, oh, e- what each family member gets. Oh Lord, um, Marge's radish rosettes. Uh, hmm. I think Bart is sloppy joes. Homer is pork chops, uh, and Lisa is. I have no idea what Lisa is. I mean, guess a food item, Matt. You can't, you know. It could be anything. Okay. Uh, Lisa gets uh, chicken fingers. That's yeah, the right tact. Fried shrimp is what Lisa gets. The re- Fried shrimp. Dang it. This is prior to her being vegetarian even. But uh, you got the other three, right? I'll give you two points for that. Okay. Okay. You got, you got three out of four. It's pretty good. Yeah. I would. I wasn't. I didn't know if you know the radish. Radish. Fried I shrimp. guess this. It's and it technically Homer gets smothered pork chops. Sorry, sorry. And then sorry. he orders additional but, applesauce as well. But. Right. Because you can't have pork chops without applesauce. I mean, that's just crazy. I usually get mashed cauliflower with my pork chops nowadays. Also a good choice. I enjoy mashed cauliflower mixed with mashed potatoes. I don't, it's a very good texture. I don't eat potatoes at all anymore, so. I know. You're, you're, you're dead inside. Sometimes it feels like it. Potatoes are really good. <laughs> potatoes are really delicious, it turns out. You fry potatoes, very, they taste really good. They really do. Yeah, they're really good that way. Um, Matt, I have a one-point lead. A one-point lead? Oh, my goodness. That cannot stand. It probably won't. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Um, that'll be it for trivia. We can move on to our final segment. We end every single episode with. It's time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. 
Best episode ever is the part show where Matt and I rank the episodes categorically as we watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. So, I guess we should look at where the previous, uh, you know, anthologies were. What's the lowest one on here? Um, Simpsons Tall Tales is 247. Mm-hmm. Uh, Simpsons Bible Stories is, two, is 238. I think this is worse than both of those. Uh, would you agree? Um, um, yeah, yeah, it's hard to say. They're all of them aren't, none of them are good. They're all yeah. kind of bland. And I would say that the hobo is better, a better frame narrative than this. I don't know if Hobo Simpsons Tall Tales is any funnier than this. Like, the jokes in Simpsons Tall Tales is like, hey, Homer's big and he eats people. Like, that's it's the same kind of, like, non-joke that I'm just like, uh. Yeah. Um, I can look around it and I don't know. Uh, I don't, I think, frankly, I, I think it is worse than Simpsons Tall Tales. I think it has. Well, I, I mean, like you said, it, when you look around it, it's like, Right beneath that is the Great Muddy Caper and Skinner's Sense of Snow, and I I think it's probably pretty close. Okay, well we just did Old Man in the Key, Matt. Is Old Man in the Key better than this? Mm. Okay, if I if I I'm gonna this is a good. I think this is gonna be our. Uh, it's a solid deal breaker for me, or a, 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 a I guess a way to break ties, tiebreaker for me. I'm gonna sit you down. You get to choose to watch one of two episodes: this or Old Man in the Key. Which one do you choose? probably old man in the key but just barely at least that has a coherent but uh, relatively coherent plot i would disagree with that you would I, rather watch this again yes i would even with what they did to ghostbusters it's 10 seconds i would don't need there's two minutes of a song about branson missouri in there matt in, oh in, god i forgot about the song old man in the key okay you're right you're right you're right i forgot about the song her name is Chara. she shakes her mirages uh-huh mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes i i would say i would put this right above old man in the key below skinner's sense of snow i'm okay with that because i would much rather see skinner's sense of snow than either of those and that's saying something it really is um tales from the public domain Is a new number 250 on our list. Nice round number for now. It'll probably be bumped down eventually. Um, oh, yeah. Number one on our list. This is Homer's Enemy. Last on the list is Simpson Safari. Our next episode, Matt, is no better than this. Probably it might. This, our next episode, might go into the dreaded the dreaded terror spectrum of our the, the, the episode. The, the, the below Make Room for Lisa the truly it is the it is blame it on lisa it is the brazil episode oh dear lord okay 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 and we are i i'm gonna i want you guys out there get prepared because we have there's a couple i know of the remaining episodes some are good or at least watchable as far as i remember but there are some truly miserable episodes among them, including Blame It on Lisa, which is the Brazil episode, and the Scream at Pillar episode, and the Apu Cheats on Manjula episode. Those are... Ah, the frying game. Oh, just... We're gonna have a... That is, in <sighs> fact, Andrew Bloom, friend of the show. That's his least favorite episode, and I'm hoping we can wow. get, get him on that. Get him, get him guests so we can feel the heat. Um, but just... You guys can... Hope you're excited about us talking about Brazil. Uh, we're going to talk about that next week. Can't wait. Um, you can find this list on our website. It's the Links to our Patreon is there. Link to our Facebook and Twitter are there. Link to our RSS is there. Uh, everything is there. Um, that'll do it for us today. Uh, before we go, you can find me on Twitter at Robbie Dorman. You can go to my website, RobbieDorman.com, which has links to all my other podcasts and links to buy my books, including my newest novel, Truth, a story, psychological horror story about a news host haunted by a specter of truth. If you've read either of my books, how about you leave a nice review? I'd really appreciate that. It's true. They're fantastic books. Thank you, Matt. Matt does not participate in social media. You will not find him. 
Uh, that is absolutely true, uh, especially now. Uh, due to this week's episode, I will be going back in time to history. So if you want to send me a message, uh, you better hope that time is cyclical. So just, you know, put your message in a bottle, bury it at the site of something that was historically significant. And if time is cyclical, I will definitely find it when it wraps around again. Time is not cyclical, Matt. I mean, not as far as you know. I'm pretty sure that's easily verifiable. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Sure, Robbie, sure. Especially the way you describe it. If I just if well, things we left behind came back around, if I do that, I just leave lottery numbers for myself when I know I'll find them. Like I'll hide them in a desk drawer of a desk and I'll That would work. be smart. It would be smart. If you'll survive. Survive what? Uh time looping around again. I don't need to live. Just me, the next version of me would get it. Oh, okay. I don't smart. Yeah, I don't you know, I'm looking out for the future. Okay. I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. And keep watching The Simpsons. Shh.